All right, so today we are on the third part of Spirit of the Age. And if you haven't heard the first two parts, go back and listen to those. Those came out the last two weeks. Excellent idea. And uh, then catch back up with us once you've listened listened through those. Uh, But today we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth on uh, resisting the the spirit of the Antichrist, uh, the spirit of the age, and just the spiritual warfare that goes along with that. And we've touched on the other part of keeping oil in the lamp. Um, you know, before on the other two episodes, but we're going to just dive into that and uh, see where we go. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Uh, You know, last time we talked through some of the eschatology and which is the study of the end and how things are going to go down. And uh, you know, it's, it's pretty clear in the Bible. The Lord tells us the end, we have a real enemy. Yep. I think uh, I'm sure that our world is trying to erase that these days and help, you know, it's, it's humanity. We're fighting, not the enemy of our soul, yeah, but the Bible is right. pretty clear about that. And Peter writes about it. Uh, second Peter chapter two is pretty, pretty fascinating talking about the, the, in the end times, the, the false prophets that will rise and uh, the difficult things that, that Christians will face before the Lord comes back. Uh, whether again, whether you're a pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib or whatever, uh, and so, you know, how, just thinking, how, how do we, what do we do about that? And, and really I have a couple of, couple of initial thoughts. One, it's, it's, it's not like we're going to do anything differently than we do now yeah. to resist the enemy. It's not that he gains power, you know, or he gets more formidable, if you will, like all the power the enemy has, he has today. Right. So it's, it's that it's maybe more pronounced because of the wickedness of man, um, Romans one is pretty clear that, that the wickedness of man, you know, will, will increase, will be on the increase, will be on the rise. And so there's more fertile ground, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he isn't any more powerful. So, you know, Peter's like, look, just resist this guy. Um, and he'll flee from you. Don't, don't give him space in your life. And I would say that's going to be true as all this stuff unfolds, but it's kind of like true now. Yeah. Uh, the devil, I say it to our church, the devil only has the power that we give him. He really has no power over a believer uh, who is truly living their life in the Lord. So I really think there's there's a couple of things that we as believers really need to nail down in our lives. So one of those is having a devotional life. Like that's the basic premise, principle of uh, being a Christian, you've got to have a relationship with God, and that relationship must extend beyond Sunday morning. Yeah, and uh, you know, in my experience in ministry, uh, there are people that develop that in a in a great way, uh, just in a hab- habit. You know, consistent kind of a kind of a thing doesn't mean they miss, don't miss days or you know don't have seasons that are it's more difficult than others, but. You know, they build the habit. So I call it your spiritual core. Like if you think of physically, your core uh, is where the strength of your body comes from. It's why people do Pilates, for yeah. instance. <laughs> you know, they, they strengthen their core or why they, why they lift weights or whatever. Because the strength of your core, the core of your physical body, uh, relates entirely to the strength of the rest of your body. Uh, so the same thing is true spiritually. If our spiritual core is weak, then our whole body will be weak spiritually. If it's strong, then our whole body will be strong. Well, I equate 
developing your core to developing your secret place or your devotional time or your abiding time, whatever, whatever term you want to use. It's the same thing. It's spending time with God outside of Sunday morning in a regular, consistent fashion. So I encourage people, one of the things we do uh, a connection point is uh, we're, we're leaning in. We've only done it for this year so far, but we're leaning into this 90 days at a time and the 90 day challenge. Like let's commit for 90 day, about ready to relaunch it again. Uh, 90 days at a time. I'm going to do devotions. I'm going to work to be consistent in it. And I'm going to, you know, by doing so you're developing your spiritual core. Uh, so I say this 15 minutes a day. You can certainly spend more than that with God, but um, I, I would hate to see everybody's, uh, screen time report yeah. of how much screen time we <laughs> spend. Uh, <clears throat> could we carve off 15 yeah. minutes of our yeah. screen time or your, uh, your, you know, your relaxing time in the evening or before you go to work or whatever, you know, I think you got to find the right time for you and for everybody that, that could be different. Uh, but 15 minutes a day would be the, you know, the initial goal, but I'll say this, and I, I say it to other people: if if you've if you're not doing any kind of devotions right now, then you know three minutes is better than zero minutes. Yep. Five minutes, you know, work start your, small. Well, yeah, start small. Work your way up uh, to to where you're spending a significant time with God. Um, most people, I would say, move beyond fifteen minutes at some point in their life. Um, so you know what are you doing? Well, you're you're reading scripture. You're really getting to know the Lord through His Word. You are spending time in prayer. Maybe you're spending a little bit of time in worship. Um, you're putting on your favorite worship song on your on your phone or whatever, and you're worshiping the Lord uh, in your living room or in your car or you know on your bike or as you go for a walk, whatever you're doing to spend time with the Lord. Uh, in in the prayer, you're praying. To the Lord, you're asking him for things, you're confessing. I mean, you know, you're just talking to God Mm -hmm. and don't get weirded out by that idea of prayer when people are like, I don't know, I don't know how to pray. Well, neither did the disciples. Yeah. So they asked Jesus, what do we do to pray? And he gave them kind of a pretty good uh, prayer pattern that we can pray. Um, You can look that up. It's called the Lord's Prayer if you've never experienced that before. But spend some time in prayer, worship. Um, I like to do some journaling uh, from time to time, writing down the things I think God is saying uh, or the things I'm thinking. Do you you have a a specific like order of things you write down? Like you always look for X, Y, and Z. No, or is it just, there are some great tools out there. uh, Devotional life tools. Like there's one called soar Mm -hmm. uh, S O A R. If you Google that, you would find it. Um, there's, I'm trying to think of, of another one off the top of my head, but there's a few of them yeah. um, that you could find that do give you like, what is, what is the Lord saying to you in this scripture? Right. And what, what's the application to this? And I, I think, I think those are good ways to start. If you haven't hundred percent, if you haven't done that before, if you're not into journaling, like, you know, starting with just like, what, is, what is this? Even, even if the passage isn't about Jesus, what is it, what is it saying about God? What is it saying about Jesus? What does it say about who he is? You know, what are some of the things you can pull from it? Um, I think finding something to follow will help you begin journaling because otherwise it's just an empty page. And, yeah. and it's like, well, what do I write down? My feelings well, or what? You know, <laughs> and that's a great segue because we have a lot of tools on our website yeah. um, that we've uploaded and made downloadable for you. Uh, if you don't know how to do devotional life, there's an enormous number of tools. There's plans, there's yes. um, 
suggestions on how you can do that very thing. And I agree with you, man. If, yep. if grab you a blink journal and, and go through one of those processes is a phenomenal way to just it, begin. It yep. If you, especially if you've never done I think it before. It's a, I think it's, it's a really good exercise because it, I, it's hard, it's hard to explain why the, where the value is in that until you do it. Yep. And then you see it and you're like, man, okay, I'm now I'm recalling these things that I read and it wasn't just what I was reading. I'm recalling the things that, you know, God was saying through that. Yep. And it's a, yeah, I can't yeah. tell you how many times through the years, uh, I would write something in my journal and then years later go back to it and yeah. it'd be meaningful to my life that day. Um, which is really, if you will, what's really what we have in the book of Psalms. We've got yeah, David's journal. Absolutely. And how often do we go to, the, to David's journal, his prayer journal, and go, oh, dang, that helps my yeah, life today you know, or whatever. So <laughs> same thing happens with when you write things. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really do have a pattern. I kind of write whatever I just yeah. feel or sense. I've tried psalming before. Like I've yeah. written a few psalms. Those are weird. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I've look. never tried that. But. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting exercise. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, anyway, I don't do it all very often because yeah. it's interesting. Uh, but I, I write a lot about what I think God is saying to me, what he's trying to do in my life, what he's yeah. working. You know, it's not all about ministry or all about right. um uh, leadership or whatever. It's just about what he's saying to me, uh, to, about my wife or my family or yeah. whatever. So, uh, journal something. I think there's a, there's a place in our devotional life for supplemental reading. Yeah. Uh, you know, so whether that's reading a, a devotional book or picking up, you know, maybe you may, I used to tell when I, when I coached people, I would say, well, what's one area of your, of your life where if God, if you put a little effort in the next 90 days and the Lord came alongside you and put a little effort that you could, man, it would really help you. It would change your life, man. If you could put some effort there and you know, is that your marriage? Is that your parent, you know, you're in trouble with a kid and it's your parenting. Is yeah. that finances? Is that, you know, spiritual leadership? Is that disciplines? Is that, is that sinful uh, behaviors, whatever it would be, it doesn't really matter. And then find, find your resource that, I mean, we have more yeah. resources now in the body of Christ than man we right. ever had. Yeah. So find your resource and and, and do most some likely s- it's going to be a number of those. Well, <laughs> right. Know. So like, so start with one. Like, <laughs> fi- find the one that's the most the critical. The, the, yeah, the critical. yeah. Where you're losing the most yeah. life. Yep. Uh, and a lot of times that is in 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 relationships. You know, mm-hmm. it is in our marriage relationship, or or even just relationships with other people. Or if there's yeah. unforgiveness in your heart towards a parent, or mm-hmm. I don't know, there's whatever it could be. But ask yourself that question and yep. find your resource that will help you. And then last thing is is really. I'm going to call it listening. Uh, it could be it could be meditating, but that word wigs people out sometimes. <laughs> so it's listening. It's taking the moment to close your mouth and tune your brain and your heart into the the Holy Spirit and yeah. let Him have a chance to speak. Um, that's that's the devotional life, and yeah. and I think that's where you've got to start. Uh, if you wait until the crisis comes in your life or you wait until these things at the end begin to break down, it's going to be too late. Yeah. You're going to run to God. I hope you run to God, but I hope you have enough strength and fortitude, excuse me, fortitude to navigate and deal with whatever's coming your way. Yeah. And we see it, you know, all the time in, in people that are in our church or outside of our church when their life falls apart. 
Yep. Not because the enemy has done anything, not because the Antichrist is here, just life happens. And the stronger someone's spiritual core is, the the more successful they navigate that season. Yeah. And they don't they're not thrown for a loop, you know. So I'm in, I encourage you uh all of us, you know, our list everybody our church for sure to uh don't waste any time. Get that get your spiritual core developed. Yeah. For uh, sure. Growing your walk with God. Uh second thing I would say is and and this you know like you said we talked about this a little bit but uh Make sure there's oil in your lamp. So in the Bible, this comes from a parable yep. that Jesus told in Matthew 25. It's the parable of the ten virgins, and and uh, if you've ever read this parable, it's, it uh, you understand. But if you haven't read it, Matthew 25 verses one through 13. I won't read them all here, but uh, Jesus is telling. He's just spent the last chapter telling them about the end times and all the things that are coming. And in verse 1 of 25, he says this, at that time when all this goes down, the kingdom of heaven will be like. And so he says he's these 10 virgins, and so they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. They're wondering where he is, whatever, and they have lamps, okay? So uh, five of them have full lamps, and the other five do not have full lamps. Five of them made sure they had extra supply yeah. in case the bridegroom delayed. Uh, his coming and the other five did not. And so what happened is the, the bridegroom delays his coming and five of them run out of oil and the other five don't. So they miss him. They, yeah. they run out of oil. The idea is they're, they're running on empty. They run out of oil uh, and they don't have enough to be around and recognize when he comes. Yeah. So when he finally does come, uh, the, the five virgins that have oil, are able to go with him into the feast and the other five are left outside. So in the Bible, oil is often used to represent the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I would say in the New Testament, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God can be overflowing in our lives. And so I would say, you know, believing in Jesus, I would say everybody in our church or maybe even listening to the, I don't know why you'd listen to this if you didn't believe in Jesus, but we believe in Jesus. And so if you will, that's our, that's the lamp. We take the lamp with us, but if we leave it there and we don't engage the Holy spirit, which is the actual fuel in the lamp, it's the power behind the lamp. You know, now we don't understand oil lamps, so we would say, you yeah. know, in our in our context, it's like the electricity. Right. You can have it's a lamp, battery. but if you don't plug it in yeah. to the source, if you don't if you don't turn it on and use the power that makes that lamp have power, then it's it's really kind of useless. Just like I would say, Jesus is useless to people without the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just. Maybe that's too strong a statement for some people, but I think it's true. So many people believe in Jesus, but with no power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus even said in John, you know, he's got to go away so the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will come. If he doesn't come, people, Jesus knew people were better off with the Holy Spirit as a guide and a companion than even Jesus himself as a companion. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's not enough to just have Jesus, if you will. So many of us believe in Jesus, but we don't allow, we, we limit the full activity of the Holy Spirit in our life to transform us, to lead us into truth, to guide us in discernment, to engage the, the spiritual gifts that are out there. And really just to have 
the power of God in our life, active in our lives. And I just say, look, here's what I'm saying. I think our culture right now, we're not even, I mean, we're just scratching the surface, if you will, of what I think we're going to see before the Lord comes back. And I would say right now, it's just about impossible to serve the Lord faithfully and with integrity and with holiness with a half empty or empty lamp. Yeah. We need the Holy Spirit now more than I think, you know, we've ever needed him in the history of the church because as we get closer to the coming of Christ, we we can't do this on our own. Yeah. It's 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 too precarious of a position. Well, then it's this the onslaught of what truth is. 100%. It's, it's the, the destruction of what actual truth is. You need the discernment of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have it, and you're not going to Well, know. we just talked about it in the sermons on Sunday with this part of the spirit of the antichrist is the spirit of confusion. Yeah. And that's the distortion of truth. It's it's taking truth and twisting it enough and distorting it enough that it has a resemblance right. to truth, but it's really but it's a full not. lie. Yep. And it's confusing. And we that I mean we're right there. I'd say those are the parts of the spirit of the antichrist that are most active today. Yeah. We're not seeing the the things being poured out in their fullness, but that confusion, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even, you know, watch the news anymore and know what's real. Right. Uh, you can't, you know, you, you just, we don't know what's yeah. truth. So that's the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit's the one who reveals that to us. Yep. So you've got to make sure there's, there's oil in your lamp. Make sure that you there's, there's power in your lamp that you're plugged in, you know, to the source uh, that the Lord has provided for us so that we can navigate. I'm saying you need it now, but I'm saying, bro, you're going to definitely need yeah. it as things go down yeah. and whatever. Gonna get harder and harder. Going to get harder and harder. So, you know, I, I would say read that story and, and look what happened to the five virgins that were left outside of the banquet. The Bible says that they begged the master of the banquet, who would be the Lord, and said, please open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know who you are. Mm. So it harkens back to that 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 uh, declaration by Jesus that many will say yeah. to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name and prophesy and cast out demons and all these things? And Jesus says, I don't know who you are. So it's kind of crazy because these five bride, uh, sorry, these five virgins were invited to the banquet, just like the other five were. They knew the bridegroom. The bridegroom had had put in their hands the tools they needed in order to survive and get to the end and get to the banquet. But because they neglected the tools, because they were distracted, because they they blew it off, if yeah. you will. And I just I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of Christians who wake up on these days and because they were distracted because they were uh underutilizing the tools the lord had put in their hands how many times i i almost feel like the holy spirit's going to remind them of how many times they sat in a church service and a pastor said to them get your get oil in your lamp get your spiritual core together do the work of the kingdom. Stop fooling around. Come to prayer. Come and be part of the body of Christ. You need to be in a connect. I mean, all these yeah. things that pastors and and pastors have been saying and leaders have been saying. And I just think at that moment, many people are going to remember all the times they were encouraged or challenged or yeah. pushed to put oil in their lamp and do these things. And they're going to realize that for many of them, it's too late. Yep. It's too late. And so I just say... 
don't mess around. I've been saying it for weeks now. Yeah. Don't mess around with your faith right now. It is not the time to screw around with your yeah. faith. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great challenge to all the listeners. Um, I think like even in, in church circles or, or even pastor circles, I, I, I've had conversations with different pastors, <clears throat> excuse me, that will make comments on like, let's say someone is speaking or whatever. And they're really, they're saying these things. They're, they're really calling people to uh, a deeper devotion and, and just whatever. And I'll hear people make comments like that person's like super, super radical. Like there's yeah. way, they're way over the top, yeah. you know? And there, I think there, even in our church circle, there is a, a movement of almost diminishing the, the devoteness, the devoutness, however you say it, the devotion we need to have toward Christ and, and saying it's too radical, it's too much. And, and I think that's probably because all the distractions and all the other things that we have in our lives and in society, it just, I don't know. There's just, I feel, I just feel that, that there's just that underlying movement of we're just going to kind of not make fun of, but we're going to kind of put those people as the weirdos who are, yeah. you know, they're just, they're, they're not, they're not doing social media, you know, because it's too much or they're not <laughs> watching this or doing yeah. that. They're, and they're the weirdos. They're over here doing this. But in reality, it's like the closer we get to that time, the end, the end like, the more we really should be doing that, the more our, our hearts and our spirit should be evaluating everything we're giving our time to yeah. and our focus to and saying, all right, is, is that diminishing our ability to keep oil in our lamp? Yeah. And if it is, it needs to be gone no matter what, even if it seems radical and you seem like a weirdo. It's that self-introspection of self-evaluation. Yeah. And uh, I think that's needed more. I, and I would say this, I'd say, look, Listen, listen to your spirit. Yep. Because if you feel like the Lord is drawing you towards him and away from some of these things that have been even hobbies and yeah. things that have been meaningful in your life. And I'm not saying we should sacrifice all those things. I'm not saying that. I do believe yeah. we should have those outlets and God didn't ask us to, you know, be monks and right. pray all the time and do, you know, have no life. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying if in your spirit you sense that drawing, that yearning in your spirit for more of God or yeah. towards fasting and prayer or towards evaluating these things you're spending your life on, um, you better listen to that. Yeah. You better heed the word of the Lord. It's why in Revelation, you know, when Jesus is speaking to the churches, he always says, he who has ears to hear, yeah. hear what the Spirit says to the church. And the Lord will give you that that's the holy spirit he'll give you those things he'll draw you in if you're watching a tv show and the whole, and you just just quietly hear the holy spirit say you know this probably isn't yeah. putting oil in my lamp you know or you're doing a hobby you, whatever it is you just hear the holy spirit say you know i got better things for you uh i think i just want to encourage people to listen to that yeah listen to that when he speaks yeah and and know that some of those things are even just seasonal some yeah. of those things might be, hey, you need to, you know, when you're talking about just fasting and praying, you know, yeah. some, that it, it might be a time that God is calling you into this season of of deepness in him. And you're going to have to give up some things that are perfectly fine to have, a, a hobby or whatever. Right. Um, and just know that it, that might just be for a season. And then it's, you know, 
you get you get that back if you will yeah um, but um definitely keep 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 your ears open keep your heart open to what the spirit's saying in that the lord redeems those things yep and even if not on this earth you certainly will in in heaven or the other side you know when we get to the other side of this thing um so don't be afraid yeah i guess don't when god asks you to give radically give yeah. radically yeah whether that's money or time or or yeah. or energy or whatever it is yeah receive the joy in that yeah and, and there is execute joy in, that. in that yeah there is joy in that well the last thing i'll say and we'll and we'll end in today but uh don't try to do this alone yeah don't good. don't try to be isolated uh even now uh, you know, I see people every Sunday who are only Sunday morning people. Yeah, and it doesn't mean they're bad people or they hate God or they hate they even they, even they don't like the church, but you're walking in a place of danger because you're isolated. Yeah, and the Lord did not call any of this to be isolated. He didn't ask us to do this on our own. He encouraged us. In fact, this parable of the five, of the ten virgins, there were five of them. There wasn't one. Yeah, right. There were five. They were a small group. They were a connect yeah, group. They were a connect group. <laughs> they were connecting, and they all did it wrong. And, yeah. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just think that's such a big deal in our culture today, especially since COVID because COVID yeah. isolated us from one another. Uh, we let them do that to yeah. us. We shouldn't it, have, it but became, we did. It, it allowed isolation to become a normal. Yes. And accepted. Yep. And in fact, some people uh, embraced it. Yep. And I mean, that was hard for me. Like I, I love my alone time. So it was, yep. it's hard for me to like, no, like I need this and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like we're going to, we're going to get together. I'm going to be in a connect group. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in, you know, prayer and like, yeah, yeah. I think it's huge. Uh, right now we're still even rebuilding that we still yeah. have, we're still seeing people not just at our church, but in, you know, just about every church in the West that have not returned yeah, and, uh, have not gone back into those habits and those things that brought life and bring life and give you a chance. But I'm just saying, if you're going to, whatever we're going to go through, we're going to go through yeah. before Jesus comes back and you're going to need the help and the love of brothers and sisters in Christ. You're going to need the community of faith. Um, uh, the author of Hebrews says, don't let, don't give up meeting together. Don't stop yeah. meeting together. And I realize wherever two people are, Jesus yeah. is there. I get all that, but that's not what he was talking about. Yeah. And we know that's, he was not saying, Hey, if you meet with some people for breakfast, that's church. That's true. Come on guys, <laughs> you, you can rationalize it all day long. And as far as you want, but that is not what the Bible means. It means get your tuchus. <laughs> to a place physically where the body of Christ is meeting for worship and prayer and the word of God and fellowship and all those wonderful things that the church had, uh, the early church had, and we had for many, 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 many years, many, yeah. many generations. Uh, and it's just recently that we've started to to move away from that and justify, right. you know, it, it w with verses like that. And that's not, and we know deep in our soul, that's not what he meant. So, be part of the body. I, yeah. Even if it's not this body, be part of a body. Be part of a church that loves God and, and is going to help you. Again, I would encourage you, be at a church where there's oil coming out, yep. where there's oil being put into lamps and people have every opportunity. Don't get you in a church that's that's going to suck oil from you, I guess. yeah. Be in a place that is being filled um, whether that's Connection Point or some other place, it's totally fine. There's some great churches around here uh, in Lafayette. But 
you've got to be part of something yep. besides just yourself. Don't think you could. We should, we should not isolate. Isolation yep. is the first sign of death. Yep. So there you go. That's good. All right. Well, that's it uh, for this episode. Thanks for uh, listening. As always, if you have any comments or suggestions on things you want us to talk about in the podcast, uh, leave those in the comments, either on uh, the, I don't know, yeah, uh, iTunes or, or rate us. I don't know. You know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. We'd love to, we'd love to figure Send out us an email, some fun stuff people want us to yeah. deal with. Yeah. That'd be fun. Otherwise we're going to do a lot of dealing with, you know, <laughs> sermons we preach yeah, and stuff yeah. going on, but yeah. So, all awesome. right. Well, we'll see you in the next one. All right.